All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. going on good people of the internet it's time for on comics rounds.com's flagship podcast panel to panel where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such we are back once again once again unfortunately the entire trinity is not here this evening i am once again talking to an amazing creator trying to get into the heart of what we do here is talk about comic books and i am joined by literally someone i have been a fan of for a long time and after having her on the previous installments of panel to panel and now bringing back with the reboot it is nice to help her out when like talk about her new brand new kickstarter we have comic uno uh i forget i forget how to pronounce your last name help me out please calamia it's it's kind of a harder one so understandable (laughs) yeah but no, uh, yeah. thank you for coming here this evening. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. I, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of the site. I'm a big fan of of the podcast as well. So it's it's awesome. Uh, thank you for having me. Wow, I, I I actually didn't think you actually listened to the podcast. Like I, that's awesome yeah, yeah. that you still listen. Yeah, of course, of course. I try, I try, I try to with my time um, to to really see the whole landscape of comics. And and again, your your site for uh you know what you guys cover is awesome i feel like not enough sites just cover comic book reviews anymore either so and you guys cover um you know a whole wide section of stuff yeah no it's like the the uh, the adaptability of most websites to like go into everything nerd media has been interesting to watch over time and like like trying to balance especially how this year has been you have places covering like wwe news because they don't know what else to do because comics have sort of been on a standstill this year yeah no it's 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 crazy definitely understandable why other sites do it and um you know you 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 gotta but it's nice also to see like indie books and, and all comics comics you know yeah definitely and to see where you've gone we were just talking about off mic about how you've gone from being just a youtuber to like then moving into doing your own comics to then even being a writer at multiple different websites and then continuing your series and your youtube work what has that been like for you oh the balance has been fun uh you know i think over the years it 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 was hard to find the balance it was hard to like okay so many projects have you 
streamline it. And I feel like I've really found some good ground on that in the most year or two. And currently, yeah, I work for Newsarama. Uh, that's kind of my main work. And I also freelance for DC Universe, DC, Com- well, DC Comics, DC Universe. Uh, and yeah, I still do the YouTube channel, which is awesome. I love how that's been able to kind of grow and be different. I used to do, which I, I'm, I'm sure you remember, I used to do like individual reviews, like single issue reviews, and then the show, and that was mm-hmm. you know ridiculous and so much. So now just doing uh, best comics of the week, which I do every Wednesday, uh, ranking comics. It, it you know it, it gives me the opportunity to talk about what I love, and and to critique uh, comics, but in a more streamlined way and a more uh, time managed way and in a more yeah. professional way, you know, I'm able to edit it a little bit better. So, um, you know, I have that, I, you know, I try to throw in as many videos as I can, at least two a week and uh, yeah, the comic writing, right. And that's what we're here yeah. for. I also write comics. Uh, like follow my daughter being the main series, uh, they call her a dancer. I write as well, which is a mini series that we're pitching around. So it's actually been done for a while, but it's uh, in the process of waiting for yes. Hopefully, we get that soon. Uh, and yeah, been been busy and and keep on writing. And I'm um, I'm happy to be busy. That's amazing. And it's like you've always had this like iconic. You turn on the camera way about your YouTubing, and you've like always been honest about your reviews. Like you, there was even a point where you would do a, re- a review video for every issue, every book of a series and would stick with it. And to now see where you've gone is just amazing for what you've been doing. Well, thank you. And, and thank you for the kind words and, 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 you know, definitely just following all that. It, it's an interesting balance, as I said, you know, being a critic and a writer and, and, just trying to be as authentic as you can be and, and just showcasing the love of comics. And I think it's interesting because I think a lot of people say like, oh, I'm, I'm so happy about it too. When people watch my videos, they say you're so positive. And, and you know, obviously it doesn't mean like I only give positive reviews. I think it, it just shows how you can critique and you might not like something, but still be positive about it. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't have to rag on it and you could like actually critique on something and say, for me personally, I didn't like this or, you know, this didn't work for me. That's still in a quote unquote way positive. But, you know, I think that's kind of the difference of some reviewers we, we've been seeing. Um, just like you see a lot of ragging and, you know, social mm-hmm. media and all that. And I think, uh, you know, I hope that more people can, you know, just understand that there's a human being on the other side. But also be honest with what you've read. Most definitely. And it's like, you've actually been doing this for so long that you kind of were the first generation of comic reviewers that was there. And to be a woman doing that back then and to see where you've gone now, it's like you kind of have fought against the stigma of like women in comics and trying to like fight back against the neckbeards. And how has that been for you dealing with that over the years? You know, it's been... Thankfully, I haven't had a lot of people at all, maybe just because of the way I showcase my knowledge, ever say like, well, you're a girl, you're a fake fan or whatever. Um, So I've been lucky in that regard, uh, because I've definitely seen it to other people where they're like, oh, you're a fake fan. Like, you know, you just new girls don't like comics. Uh, And yeah, I mean, the difference is, I don't really remember a time where I'm on a chat or, or interview or whatever, where there's another girl. So I think that's grown, which is nice. Like there's definitely been more girls on the podcast, 
Mm. Yeah, maybe five years ago, I'd definitely only be the only girl. Um, and I hope that changes. I hope we get to see more female voices, not just in creating, because I think we do get, uh, we've definitely seen more, which is great, but yeah. critiquing as well. I would definitely like to see it. I was yeah. say well, one of the best things that that's been about the reboot of Panel to Panel was the fact of finding someone like Mary, who has been just this amazing historian, like in comic books for years upon years upon years. She started with her dad showing her so many amazing books, and to then like be looking up to you when I when I was younger, like seeing you do this stuff and not be afraid to show your voice. And I have to commend you for that alone. Was was amazing. And now moving into your writing what what made you come up with uh like father like daughter that like even back then trying to do indie books what made you to do that i will say it was very different back then just five years ago uh so i started with five years ago i, I wrote a screenplay in college and i said hey i want to i want to make this into a comic it's what i love it's what i want to do and i had the opportunity to do it uh, and I've learned a lot in the five years uh, since doing it. And now we're seven issues in and, and able to publish more than we were. Uh, you know, now we're in a spot where we could publish three to four comics a year, which is amazing for indie comic. But what yeah. I've definitely seen the difference of is like how Kickstarter has been, because now we're seeing voices from uh, Scott Snyder to Boom Studios using Kickstarter. So there's just this bigger audience there there's more eyes there and i would say people see it more as a legit platform I'm not saying it wasn't legit before but now people are like oh this can they see it as a, a viable option for them exactly they they see it as like an online store in some ways a pre-order store before i think it was more like oh this they're doing their little thing they're trying to make their comic but now they're like no you can make a business this is they're as viable creators as anyone in the direct market and i think that's changed honestly mostly this year yeah definitely like even beforehand you saw the rise of kickstarter being more accepted and for you coming up with this story and it feels every issue that i've read over the years you've put just your entire heart and soul into it almost like you're giving casey this amazing like heart behind her and what was it like creating these characters as like the time went on well also thank you for noticing that uh, i definitely try my hardest to to make every issue as good as it can be. And this product has changed a lot over the years to do so. Um, I would definitely say that uh, the comic has changed. And I hope as people read it, you know, issue one was made five years ago. It looks yeah. a lot different than issue six or issue seven that we're releasing and now issue eight that we're getting ready for. And uh, yeah, yeah, issue eight's huge. Um, I could definitely give some teasers about that. Uh, but yeah, creating Casey, I think. I don't know if her voice has changed so much. I think her direction's always been the same. But I will say something that happens in issue eight wasn't going to originally happen. There there was oh, a concrete okay. moment that happens in the issue that did happen in the screenplay. So this was like five years ago. And yeah. I, you know, obviously as time goes on, I was rewriting it, rewriting it because you had time and, you you know, your, your writing changes and your ideas change. So I was writing, I was writing, and I was giving Jessica, the mom, a bit more of a voice because in the original um, versions of it, I feel like we just get the reveal that she's a villain, and that's kind of about it. You know, we didn't really get a lot of time to breathe. So in issue yeah. six, I made the whole issue about her. I made it about like why she did it. 
that wasn't originally there. I, that was originally, I think, a KC issue, and I moved that to issue seven. But anyways, yeah, issue eight, the, the one of the big moments that happened originally always was there, and I was kind of struggling with the ending of the issue. Uh, so that happens in the middle of the issue. And the ending of the issue, I was talking to one of my friends, who's one of the few people that knows what happens, and I was like, yeah, I don't know what to really do. And he's like, why, do, why not make Casey do this? I'm like, what? Like, yeah, you know, let Casey do that. Like, people, what? <laughs> um, and then I thought about it. I'm like, I can't do that. And, like, five minutes later, I called him. I'm like, I'm going to do that. Um, and so, like, Casey's <laughs> journey definitely changes a lot in issue eight. I mean, it was already going to change. But I think her, again, her voice hasn't changed. But I guess I found her voice a little bit more. Um, I would say Stephanie, the friend's voice, has changed a bit. Um, as I grew as a writer and kind of started to understand her, um, I guess same thing for Wes, the, her other friend. Uh, and like I said, I added more of a voice for Jessica with the mom, which has been really nice. And then yeah. Vulnerable, I would say, is the one who's changed the least, which is kind of fun. Um, he's changed the least. Uh, but he's also the one that anytime I get people like react to the book, they always say Invulnerable is their favorite. And I never guessed that. That's I'm interesting. Like, right? <laughs> he's the deadbeat dad. And everyone's like, yeah, I could just relate to him. I'm like, man, that's awesome. I Again, I didn't write that. I mean, I, I don't write any characters to be like, oh, I hope this is their favorite. But I mean, Casey's the main character. And yeah. I feel like everyone picks everyone except Casey. See, <laughs> what's, like, what's yeah, ironic yeah. is I was going to say Casey is probably my favorite character, which is hilarious because <laughs> she has to de- like, cause, like my father wasn't always in my life when I was younger. And to the ability to idolize your father as somebody that that was like that big and that heroic but still hate him for never being in your life that was my struggle so to see this put on a page and be so relatable because casey goes through that and to find yourself being so much like your father in a big way like that blew me away yeah i'm glad i i mean i'm glad that you were able to connect to it and and I'm, i'm glad it was realistic enough and yeah, that was it. It's it's kind of the moment of what happens when you become your own worst enemy and yeah. you, you have these powers that remind you of the very reason your dad left. And, you know, as the story goes on, it, it gets more complicated. And, and in issue six, we we actually learn it was Jessica's fault the whole entire time, uh, yeah. which is kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to hear you like Casey. And I think that's something I like that everyone has a different favorite character because it shows and hopefully it shows that everyone's three-dimensional and no one's two-dimensional yeah. because I feel like if only one character had dimensions, they would always pick, oh, I only like Invulnerable. But it seems like everyone has their own favorite and now I know someone likes Casey. They're in the Casey fan club. <laughs> I, I just like the idea that you took, and like, it was funny because I was, I was explaining to um, a friend of mine the pitch of the book earlier today and she referenced Stargirl because of how Stargirl has been so much in the prominence of media recently because of the TV show. And I was like, wow, you're almost there. But like the TV show changes a lot of Courtney's stuff. So like, no, but like, this is still a really good story. And you tell it from a perspective where there's so much good things here. And I think unintentionally, there's like a little bit of NBC's heroes in it like oh probably right because I, I love i love my heroes so there's there's gotta be a little heroes in there <laughs> it was so good back in the day and like it was like it feel it, it feels as if like casey has a little bit of claire in her 
that like that oh, same, sure. that same kind of like hatred of your father for what like, for being who he is but you still care about him at the end of the day because there's that amazing shot in the like, like in the issue where she like flies down when he gets shot not understanding what's going on and i love that moment because it's like it was so instinctive she did not give a crap it was her blood and i love that so much yeah, that really changed our relationship a lot. You know, every issue I really tried to give something, right? And I think yeah. in indie comics, you really need to. I mean, I think mainstream comics should too, because if you're spending your money, yeah. every issue should have something. But I think indie comics especially, because they're not coming out every month. So you, you want them to be memorable. You want people to really want to pick up the next issue. So it, it, that was issue four. Um, that was the turning point. That's where Casey's like, okay, maybe my dad's not too bad. Um, maybe yeah. I can give him a chance. And as we see now, uh, he gets kidnapped. So uh, is it too late for her to kind of say that? Is it too late for him? We're going to have to find out. But yeah, the relationship is very complicated. And that's that's been really fun to write. And I yeah, I've also enjoyed just how invulnerable has grown. And him, even though he wasn't the one technically who said, oh, I, I decide to leave. It was Jessica who said, you know, pick one. And he does doesn't pick his daughter so technically it's both their faults but he never like tries to say oh well it wasn't my fault you don't understand he always says i'm sorry you know he he knows it's his fault and he's trying to redeem himself for it but how do you redeem yourself with something with such a big mistake yeah because it's like he chooses the like the great the greater like sacrifice of being for the people rather than like being there for for Casey and the most like recent thing that screams that for me was season one of Black Lightning in like in the first episode where mm. instead Jefferson chose to be a dad and now like, like all these years later seeing how you kind of did it first before the TV show changed Jefferson's origin is so remarkable because you chose the other side of the coin and like, like just him as a character and vulnerable sticks out to me because yeah, you're right. He doesn't change that much, but he still is this kind hearted person that still cares about his family. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, and I think that is what's so interesting about him and what I really wanted to do with the thematics of making Jessica part of the KGB. Cause it really is the idea of, and we'll, this is definitely going to be the theme of this, this ending of this arc is what's more important, your children or your country? What's more important, the individual or your community? Now, if you look at it from an American point of view, we're very individualistic. We're very mm -hmm. much about the ind individual and our experience. But if you look at other countries, if you look at something like the Soviet Union or Russia, it is very much about the community of people. It really isn't about being an individual. It's about, well, how do I make my family succeed? How do I make my my country succeed and and that's where Jessica's coming from it's like yeah you might be my blood Casey and you see that she's struggling with it but yeah. oh, I'm still my daughter but my country comes first like a is you know someone who's in in a government position but then also coming from a non-American position I find really interesting the superheroes I always call is the Amer American mythology it's our it's our Greek mythology superheroes so uh, to see some uh, you know uh, genre which is very American from a different point of view um, has been really fun to to kind of explore that's like like and I can't I love that you like as the conversation has gone on you like keep mentioning Jessica because she is going to be this big part of the future coming up and how she's gone through rewrites what sticks out to me the most is the ending of issue six where she purposely doesn't tell her partner about 
uh, Casey having powers, even though he knows from um, from the old lady from the orphanage that she does have powers. And it makes me feel as if that Jessica still cares, even though she cares about her country. And I'm wondering, like, obviously, don't, like, please don't spoil everything for like for, yeah, yeah, for, for, for the uh, listeners, but like, or is there going to be more fleshing out of Jessica's character as time goes on? Yes. Um, I will say issue eight is a big issue for her and Jim. Casey is very much in a reactionary position in issue eight, but it's very about, it's very much about the actions of Jessica and invulnerable in issue eight. So yeah, we're going to get a lot more with Jessica. Um, I will say after issue eight, we're going to get a little bit of a pause from her. So she's not going to be like, in issue nine um but we yeah, are going to see enough. more of her uh because you know you don't want to you don't want to spoil something that's too great like you don't want green goblin in every issue so yeah. um it's the end of her arc here but that doesn't mean it's the end of her full arc there's still a lot to tell with jessica but i will say answers the question what's more important your country or, or your child by the by issue eight she'll have that you'll have your answer all right, all right, and um, obviously, I want to make sure that the one big thing that that's been talked about lately is the the ability of to also bring artists into the conversation, and like our art, the art of the comic matters just as much as the writing. And what has it been like working with the same artist of of Wayne Brown for so long with this series? It's been so great. Uh, it, it's interesting because he, which I love, it's his baby as much as mine. You know, I created it, and as as issues gone on, he he's really fine connections to the characters. He's an invulnerable fan. Let me tell you that. Um, <laughs> he's a very big invulnerable fan. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been nice. And uh, you know, some of the layouts that happened in this issue, he kind of changed what happened in the script. Was kind of cool because I want him to feel as much ownership as me. And he's like, oh, I I, I kind of see this action scene differently. Can I play with it? Um, you know, I have to add a page, but is that okay? I'm like, yeah, let's see what you know. Let's see what turns out of it and it looked awesome and even more actiony and i was like yeah no this looks great i'm, I'm glad you thought of this and it, it's cool he gives me like we we really talk pretty much on a almost daily basis about the comic and where it's going and it's you know it, it's cool to have that connection more than just like oh well here's the pages and 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 that he he likes the book and likes working on the book uh and definitely just seeing his art grow um and also we, we have a new colorist since issue six. So seeing like how that changes the look of it, we have a new letterer, which is uh, Brant Fowler uh, since issue six. And they're both like my really good friends for like a decade. So it's kind of yeah. cool to be working with your friends as well. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's a great team. It's a, it's a family in, in a lot of ways. I will say issue six sticks out to me like mainly because it does feel like you're starting to finally find the groove and like the lettering looks like so much better. The colors are, are brighter and vibrant. And I love that. Like even the scenes where invulnerables in the cell, it shows that he is like, while also being bright and colorful, there is that dark edge to it. And I love that so much. Yeah. Lisa does a great job. So in issue six, I actually worked for a previous publisher and we, you know, we're still good friends and, and we, we're great with each other, but I had creative differences, not in a bad way, but like I had a different vision for like father, like daughter. So that's why you do see the big jump from issue five to issue six, because yeah. issue six was the first issue that I completely self-published. So, uh, and issue seven is the same way. And, and, and like father, like daughter in general, I think is that one book 
because I do get the question like well if image took it over or whatever like not took it over but if you were able to get it published from image or these other places would you um and I honestly would say no um which is crazy to say I know I know like people were like you're nuts but like no I, I like that I have this creative control of first of all talking to my fan base uh, being able to grow the audience and and knowing it's all I mean not all me because I draw all of it but you know at least from the creative control standpoint it's all me um and and not other books like i I would love to put in the direct market like the like i said the dancer i'm pitching around as we speak so it's not every book but the like folly daughter is just special to me and you know my first book it's the book i always see is there's so much more story to tell uh it's very much an ongoing so it's just kind of my baby uh but yeah i I love that you're seeing it grow and, and that's definitely what i want everyone to see and I think it's I do think it's grown and, and that's not even from just an art team perspective I think my you know my writing is very different from five years ago because I was 19 when I started this I'm 26 yeah. now so you know writing's gonna change I, I would hope I would grow as a writer uh and even if the structure of the story is similar again like we we changed Jessica a bit there's a huge story coming up for Stephanie um, I think Wes has changed a bit. Uh, so it's kind of cool just to see things develop. And in some regards, kind of why I like that this process kind of took longer than other books. Like, I'm happy it kind of took this time. Because I don't think the product would be as good as it is if it didn't take this time. Fair enough. I must say, like, seeing how the story has so much room to develop, especially when, like, you've created this sort of pocket universe where Invulnerable and Casey are the only superheroes in existence, and you have that ability to grow, and there's even that um, that future uh, image later on in the, the trade I remember looking at where, uh, like, like they see Casey as a superhero and Wes and Stephanie as her partners, and there's so much you could do with this so many years down the line, and I kind of have to commend you for wanting to keep this as your baby, your thing, and not let anybody have any hands on it, and there's still so much and like we were talking about earlier with kickstarter where you can have that control you can do amazing things and you've created an amazing fan base that wants to keep seeing this i want to keep seeing this so like that's that's actually really awesome that you want to keep this as your own yeah yeah and like you said kickstarter is growing so much i'm glad that the campaign this is the we're on day 17 i think and this is the most backers we've had and um we're gearing to the most funded we've ever had uh and we have 17 days left i'm like blown away by the reception we've gotten and 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 this is coming from fans from press from industry people who have supported this book which is nuts and crazy and uh yeah it's it's phenomenal and i i couldn't yeah I, i couldn't believe this five years ago no no way like it's <laughs> it's funny because like uh my first interview ever was tom defalco this is like wow. six or seven years ago and i'm a huge spider girl fan and like ever since day one he supported like father white daughter and i'm like whoa <laughs> you know like he's my favorite <laughs> writer of all time and uh it's kind of like surreal to kind of have those moments and yeah it, it's been a it's been a ride and i'm i'm excited to continue the ride uh you know the the next kickstarter we have going on uh is with my friend phil like it's funny because like we are friends in real life like we didn't meet on the internet um yeah. but somehow we both found well he knew i liked comics um <clears throat> and he he liked comics he's like i oh, you know want to be a comic writer i'm like oh cool and he like asked for advice and like we knew each other for like three or four years before that 
and he never really mentioned it like I knew he liked comics but I didn't know he like wanted to be a comic writer I'm like oh cool like he's like yeah how do you do it and you know and and I know him he had um such a drive and like well these are stuff you do and like two months later he's like yeah I found an artist that did this and that I'm like whoa that's amazing (laughs) and he has haunting uh which is already up to issue two he's been doing this for like a year and a half or so and now we're doing a crossover book together which has been so freaking surreal um and we're setting that up in March and it's been kind of cool to see like how our characters have grown and how we've helped each other like grow as well and that's kind of the next project we got going on. And that's like so surreal. Again, that moment where he's like, well, I want to make a comic. And then you see his characters grow. You see faces to to those characters and just like his his uh, community and audience growing. And now we're at a spot where like both our characters have grown enough where we can make a crossover. We're making a 40 page crossover book, which wow. is like crazy. And we have such great art team already. And and that's what's so exciting is like these endeavors that I never would have been able to do if I wasn't like on my own doing Kickstarter. Like if I was, you know, with another publisher, I wouldn't be able to do this. So you it's kind of cool. wouldn't have that freedom. Exactly. So that's been really cool where I could like, I could just do whatever I want. I mean, you're going to make mistakes, right? Yeah, <laughs> like definitely. Along the way, because of that, you're going to, you're going to trip and fall sometimes, but I know you you learn from that and you i i like that i'm i'm steering my own ship you know it's it's so cool yeah and that ship has been going amazing and even before the show you said this kickstarter has been a roller coaster but it seems like you like you talking about the but the most funded the most support you've ever had and i like that's amazing for you so like yeah. to see you've come so far and i'm i have to congratulate you for that that's amazing yeah thank you it it's it's so cool. And yeah, it all it all happens with hard work. And I can't say it's not because of, you know, my last Kickstarter, I and I, I've been vocal about this, like, we launched, we didn't really have early, like, I maybe had early bird specials, I don't even remember if I did. And I didn't realize like how important the first 48 hours were like the thumbnail, mm-hmm. it was good, but it could have been even more grabbing. Like there were just like little things like the story wasn't up at on on the top of the kickstarter it was like in the middle i i introduced a creative team first and these yeah. little tweaks these little tweaks that i learned from that kickstarter that you know my first kickstarter doing it myself went miles ahead with this kickstarter i'm like all right i'm gonna fix this i'm gonna fix this now i know how to do this and again our last kickstarter made 215 backers we're up to like two 220 something and we're on day 17. It's it just shows like you 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 have to make those quote unquote mistakes to learn and and be even better. And, and even with this campaign, I hope for our crossover campaign and the next campaign after that, these things I've learned will help me grow even more. Because you know, I, and I've said this a lot throughout doing like press for the the comic. I think a, a lot of times people will say like. Well, when you're an expert at something, you, you know everything. And I don't believe anyone's an expert in anything. Because if once you say you're great at something and you know everything, that's when you know you're not, you know nothing. Yeah. Because you, you have to keep learning. And I think that's what's so fun about doing Kickstarter and about being a self-publisher is that you just keep on learning. You're, you're able to grow. And that's why we're seeing a lot of these creators, these bigger name creators doing the same thing. Scott Snyder mm. making his best jacket press you know, going through, uh, going to Kickstarter and doing that book, you know, I love seeing creators. I know so many creators that are, 
are either going to do Kickstarter or have been doing Kickstarter. And we're all kind of learning this new landscape together, which has been so cool. That is so cool. Like, in, what's crazy is a few years ago, we didn't even think indie books were possible back then. Like, you saw mm-hmm. Image still being big ever since the 90s. You saw Image being as big as it was. You saw, like, other different publishers trying to be that. But then I think the big turning point was when, like, Image finally started to do more things besides Walking Dead. They st- You saw Valley kick up its boots and start publishing again. And now you see Kickstarter being a viable option when DC and Marvel are kind of doing their own thing and not really caring what you do. Like, you can come in there as an indie writer or come, like, and still do your own stuff on the side. So it leaves people open to more options. Yeah, you're not that exclusive writer anymore, which has been kind of cool. And I and I know Marvel and DC, they they got a lot to figure out since you know Diamond and the pandemic and, and yeah. all that. <laughs> they got a lot to figure out. But uh, yeah, it is cool to kind of see like with future state, no matter what you think about it, um, we're getting to see new writers and creators that we've never yeah. seen before on these. That's books, been the greatest thing about cool. future state. One hundred percent. That's what I'm excited about. That's why, like, again, no matter what you think of, like, oh, it's fillerish, we don't need it, or oh, I'm not gonna buy that. That's your decision. But for me, I'm gonna at least buy a few of these books, a, because some of them interest me, and then b, like, look at all these new voices. That's what we've yeah. been looking for. And I think indie comics and even Kickstarter has really helped that. We see Kickstarter books getting movie deals. Like, you have yeah. Black Fidget's got a movie deal. Um, Niobe, no, there, I, I think that's what it was called. There's another, there's so many Kickstarters itself getting movie and TV deals. Yeah. That is so big. That is Even so indie huge. deals that are like from Image that are getting things like you see Bitterroot, you see other books mm-hmm. like that that have seen prospects. Like indie books entirely are seen as an option for people, especially if you don't see the diversity at Marvel and DC that you want. Because like, because you and I have talked about before about how Marvel and DC weren't offering the diversity that we want to see. And now seeing there being the ability to see that elsewhere is just phenomenal. Yeah, and and from people who are from those diverse backgrounds, or you know, not writing about their diverse backgrounds, that's cool too. Um, yeah. But yeah, just getting new voices, getting new type of characters have been so cool, and they're not all superhero books, and that's totally fine too. And you know, in TV and movies, it's so like a lot of the things that uh, gear them to want to make these things is IP. So a lot of these film, you know, filmmakers and TV writers are actually going the the comics so they could like birth yeah. their their baby and be like, oh cool, you see this did well, you wanna, you know, you wanna option this for a movie. So I I know there, you know, some people are favorable of that some people aren't. I I think if you're a filmmaker and you want to get into comics, just know the medium. I definitely seen people were like, oh, I'm just gonna make a comic, and they literally ha- I literally have had people say i'm gonna make a comic i said oh cool what's your favorite comic what have you read he's like i've never read one but oh (laughs) (laughs) and like you you actually have the ability to say that you have read and known all these comic books you can say that spider girl is one of your favorites you've been covering comic books for like so many years now and you gave your honest opinion on all these books and I, I, ho- I hopefully all of that has had an effect on your writing style from reviewing. And obviously, like you said, you're not going to have all the knowledge in the world just because you read the books. So like the, to bring the reading side of it and, and the critic side of it along with you while you've been creating your own work, that has to be phenomenal for you. 
Oh, it is. It, it's funny because I, I did another interview and I forgot how this came up, but I, I said that, you know, sometimes when I finish, we're, we're writing our crossover book and, and I, we're, we're finally in our last draft, oh, like one of our last drafts. And, and I said, oh man, I love this. And he said, okay. And my friend said, okay, but as a critic, how would you review this? Ooh. And I did. Um, and I reviewed, I reviewed it and I said, well, as a reader, I would like this, or I wouldn't like this, but I know as a writer, we need to do it, you know? So it's also interesting as a critic, you're like, oh, well, this, this might be two pages of exposition, but as a writer, you kind of know you need those two pages of exposition. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's kind of fun, uh, but also like terrifying because sometimes I'm a little, I think we're all too hard of ourselves on our own creations. So like when I'm writing something, I might be a little bit too hard on myself and be like, oh, well, this and that and that and that. You never shut your your mind off on it. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I guess I like how my mind works in that regard. I, I think when I look at stories, I try to look at the thematics and characters and in, in that regard, I think it helps me reverse engineer comics in some way. And, and that definitely helps as a writer. Most but uh, it's different. It's definitely different. But I, I, it's definitely a helpful tool as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I hope like soon, like even just as a critic, I can have you back on the show because your opinions Please. on things have been amazing to hear over the years. I would love that. This was so much fun. Thank And thank you for reading the book. Thank you for all the support over the years. This was such a great conversation. Of course. I think that like the first time I ever like saw a video of yours, it was uh, when you started covering Young Justice. And to know, oh, nice. like, yeah, like, and to know that you have come so far. It's just been amazing to me. So like, like, I feel as if I'm just like praising you over and over again, but just like, seeing this is just phenomenal and knows that if i ever gave it a shot or if anybody gave it a shot they have like you to look to as inspiration to do this kind of thing. well that means the world honestly it really does excellent um don't forget folks that you will be able to see uh cats a link to her kickstarter in the thumbnail in the thumbnail jesus in the um the description of this podcast it will be on youtube apple podcast google podcast spotify pandora finally after months of trying to get on pandora all these amazing places you can see literally every platform we are available on are our twitter before you see at ptp underscore podcast please check out this amazing book from cat on the kickstarter link below and you will get to see this amazing work that she is brought to you folks all right is there anything else you want to pimp anything else you want to shout out before we get off for the evening um, you're good yeah just the kickstarter check me out uh youtube comic uno do weekly reviews there at comic uno twitter is probably the best place to find me <laughs> all right great we will catch you folks next time right here at panel 2 panel peace out